0: Welcome to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast, a podcast where we come alongside you to help you become the leader you were created to be. On today's episode, we're going to talk about creating habits that bring change. Craig Rochelle said, the potential of your leadership is a direct reflection of the quality of your habits. Well, we all have habits, good and bad. The key to growing as a leader and impacting others is making sure that we have the right habits, which produce growth, but also that we get rid of the habits that are holding us back. So, today we're going to learn how to start habits that will increase our leadership influence and our leadership impact. We're all creatures of habits. Speaking of creatures, we have a Yorkie uh, whose name's Sophie, and uh, she has habits that we have taught her, but also she has taught us. She has this habit every morning uh, when she gets up to go to the door, to go to the bathroom. The moment she comes back in the house, she goes immediately to the kitchen, to a specific cabinet, and she will sit there and she will look at me and look at the cabinet, look at me, look at the cabinet, and if I'm not paying attention, she'll go up to the door and hit it with her paw, and then look at me and look at the cabinet and look back at me. As soon as I open it, she jumps with excitement because she knows what I'm getting out is her dental stick snack. And as soon as I get it out, she jumps, then she sets, and she puts her paw up to shake. Once she shakes, she knows that I'm going to give her a snack, and then she is off to eat her reward. Now, here's an interesting thing. If my wife Wendy takes her out, she will come and find me if Wendy does not give her the snack— and will look at me and try to get me to follow her to get her her morning ritual, her morning habit, her morning snack. Now, not only does she do that, but also she has learned a habit. When we first got her, my wife said, oh, I'm going to teach her how to ring the bell and she'll go to the bathroom outside. And I'm like, sure you are. (laughs) The dog's going to ring the bell every time that the dog needs to go to the bathroom. I said, I'll believe that when I see it. Well, sure enough, Uh, Wendy put a bell on the door and trained her. And now every time when she rings the bell, not only does she go out, but she has created a habit, a ritual that every time she rings the bell, we go out because we have to take her out. I love what my friend John Maxwell said. He said, I I can predict the long-term outcome of your success if you show me your daily habits. And that is so true. If you look at someone's daily habits, you will discover the trajectory of their lives. See, it's not only important where you're at, but it's important about where you're heading and your habits show where you're heading. Well, what is a habit? Well, a habit is a behavior that has been repeated enough times that it becomes automatic. In other words, we do it over and over again and we do it without even thinking about it. As a matter of fact, uh, science shows us that as habits are created, the level of activity in the brain decreases. Your brain, my brain, our brain skips the process of trial and error and creates a mental rule. If this, then that. If this happens, well, then that automatically happens. We don't need to think about it. Habits are mental shortcuts learned from experience. I want to recommend two books to you that have been very helpful to me in understanding habits at a deeper level. One is called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And the other one is by James Clear, and it is entitled Atomic Habits. Both authors share a a similar model of habits. Basically, there's four things that happen. There's a cue uh, that triggers your brain to initiate a behavior. And then there's a craving, a motivational force behind every habit. So just like Sophie knows that When she goes to ring the bell to go to the bathroom in the morning, that when she comes back in, that she is going to go and she's going to get her snack. There's a craving there. And the response is the actual habit we perform, which can take the form of a thought or a habit, ringing the bell, going up to the cabinet, setting on on her bottom and, and shaking hands, those things. Your response is also dependent on your ability. Let me give you an example. I love basketball. I'm from Indiana. I'm a Hoosier. Love the Hoosiers and love basketball. Uh, The movie Hoosiers is so true. We have a basketball uh, hoop in the back of every backyard in Indiana. I always dream of dunking a basketball. And uh, when I see a basketball, it immediately makes me want to go play basketball, but also it makes me want to dunk a basketball. There's a problem. I'm 5'11 and cannot jump. I do not have the ability to go up and slam dunk a basketball. The only time that I could slam dunk a basketball, the only time that I have ever slam dunked a basketball was either when I lowered a goal or when I used to jump off the top of the shed. You see, so uh, it's it's our ability, our response is also dependent on our ability. But then also step number four is the reward. This is what we call the the loop, the habit loop, the cue, the craving, the response, the reward. It satisfies our cravings and you know what else it does? It teaches us what actions are worth remembering. So if if I know I'm, you know, the dog knows that she's going to get a snack if she does this, well then she's going to do that again because she knows exactly what's going to happen. Let's talk a little bit about the priority of habits. And this is interesting right here. Most of our choices we make each day may feel like products of well-considered decision-making, but they're not, they're habits. There was a study that was published by Duke University researcher in 2006, and this is unbelievable. It found that more than 40% of the actions people performed each day were actual decisions, or were not actual decisions, but were habits. 40% of the actions people performed each day weren't actual decisions, but habits. Remember the habit loop. Uh, that we talked about, the cue triggers a craving, which motivates a response, which provides uh, a reward, which satisfies the craving and ultimately becomes associated with the cue. Together, these four steps form a neurological feedback loop, cue, craving, response, reward, cue, craving, response, reward, that ultimately allows you to create automatic habits. See, a habit is a routine or behavior that is performed regularly, and in many cases, automatically. A habit is a behavior that has been repeated enough times that it becomes automatic. Now listen, here's the thing. You become your habits. And that brings me to the next insight, the power of habits. Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but it's a habit. We are what we repeatedly do. As I mentioned earlier, uh, 40% of what we do, we don't even make decisions about And study after study shows by the time we become adults, we rarely notice the habits that are running our lives. Most of us never give thought to what we do uh, because we do it the same way every day. You see, our habits are either running our life or they're ruining our life. Our habits are either running our life or they're ruining our life. Now, let's talk about the potential of habits. Here's, here, this, this is critical, especially for leaders. And remember, leadership is influence. And so you are a leader. You have influence. Building the right habits in the present positions you to do more of what you want to do in the future. Small habits and little choices are transforming us every day. We, we, don't, we don't realize it, but they are. So what I want to challenge us is, is to get 1% better. And this is what they, they challenge in the book to get 1% better each day for one year, and you'll end up 37, I think it's 37.7 times better by the time you're done. Now on the flip side of that is if you get 1% worse each day for one year, then you'll decline down to nearly zero. So how do we create, how do we build, how do we establish good habits and break bad habits? Well, let's talk about a plan to build good habits and break bad habits. Dr. John Maxwell says, the secret of your success is found in your daily routine. So we want to take a look at our daily routine. You'll never change your life until you change something that you do daily. You've heard the saying that insanity, uh, the definition of insanity, is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. We have to change what we do daily, which means we have to change our habits. Now, James Clear says in Atomic Habits, he says, your habits are shaped by the systems in your life. So what are the systems? Let's talk about how to do that. I want to give us three ways to create healthy habits, to create habits that will help us lead well. But also I want to talk about in here as well, I want to give you seven keystone habits that are critical to enabling and positioning you to be able to have the right habits in your life. Well, first of all, number one, start now and start small. Start now and start small. So many people uh, say they're going to start someday, but someday never comes. And they go through their whole life talking about how someday they're going to do this. We, we need to start now and we need to start small. Now on the flip side of that, people will try to start too big. They, they, they put it too high, their expectations, they take a big jump and they fail and then they quit. So we want to start now and we want to start small. The small things that no one sees brings the big results that everyone wants. See, all big things come from small beginnings. Zig Ziglar said, you don't have to be great to start, but you do need to start to be great. And so we want to start small. We want to start now and we want to start small. Let me talk a little bit about keystone habits. They talk about keystone habits. Keystone habits, let me give you a definition, are the routines and practices by which someone operates. They mark the base level of what you do without any need for willpower or persuasion. They're kind of like the default, whether positive or negative. Each of these habits has a ripple effect across everything that you and I do in life and in business. As a matter of fact, keystone habits start a process that over time transforms everything. Keystone habits say that success doesn't depend on getting every single thing right, but instead relies on identifying a few key priorities and fashioning them into powerful levers. Well, let me give you seven keystone habits. Uh, researchers have done, they say these are all critical in, for, in order for us to establish other good habits that will help us lead well. Number one is make your bed. Now I know that sounds crazy and I've heard people say, why would I waste time making a bed that I'm just going to get back in and mess up at night? Right? No, wrong. Making your bed is correlated with increased productivity, a greater sense of well-being and better budgeting skills. Duhigg writes, bed makers are also more likely to like their jobs, own a home, exercise regularly, and feel well-rested. And there's so much more that we can learn about that. So when you get up in the morning, make your bed. It will trigger other habits. Secondly, and this is a difficult one, family dinner together. When I grew up, we ate family dinner together almost every single night. In our society that we live in now with with our kids in sports, with uh, Wendy uh, doing hair, working later hours, with with me having appointments in the evening as well as throughout the day, uh, it is difficult with all those schedules to get everybody together. But it is something that we work at to make a priority. And we don't do it every night, but we try to do it as many nights as we can. And See, it's difficult because many of you are like me. Your schedule is you're in a hurry-up society. You're overbooked. You're running here to there. But as Duhigg writes, families who habitually eat dinner together seem to raise children with better homework skills, higher grades, greater emotional control, and more confidence. Now, we need every one of those things instilled in our kids. And so I want to challenge you to make family dinner together a priority as many times a week as you can. Number three is exercise regularly. Exercise triggers people to start eating better. I promise you that's the truth. I hired a trainer for a year, and as I would go to eat, I would always think about my investment and how much time and hard work I was putting in, and as long as I was working out, I was eating better. Duhigg writes, he adds that people who exercise have increased patience, less stress, and are more productive at work, and so we want to exercise regularly. According to the Association for Applied Sports Psychology, Exercise is correlated with a better mood. You want to be in a better mood, exercise, and that's true. Less stress, listen, more confidence, and better sleep. Now you can see why that exercising regularly is a keystone habit. Number four is keep a food journal. In other words, write down what you eat. There was a, the National Institute of Health did a study in 2009 that Duhigg uh, reports in his book, he said, in which participants with food journals lost twice as much weight as those without. Isn't it interesting that when we have to write it down, it's almost like a self-accountability. And when we write it down, we notice our routines and what we're eating, and we can adjust and know that when we get hungry, that we can have the, the right healthy snacks, healthy foods uh, in there so that we, we don't you know just just eat the things that we should not eat. The food journaling, and I quote, "...created a structure that helped others' habits to flourish." And so one habit, that's why they're a keystone habit, help with other habits. Number five, and I'm a strong believer in this one, develop daily routines. I don't always do this, but, but to, to optimize this, you would want to try to go to bed at the same time and get up at the same time. You want to develop daily routines where you do the same things. Uh, Charles Duhigg says, the way we organize our thoughts and work routines has enormous impacts On our health, our productivity, our financial security, and our happiness. You know, every morning, uh, there's the morning ritual. Every evening, there's the evening ritual. Every day at the office, there's the ritual when I get here. And there's the ritual when I leave. If we can get those things a daily routine, it will help us. It's a great keystone habit that helps us with many other habits. Number six is morning prayer and meditation. Morning uh, meditation can help put your mind at ease for the rest of the day. Plus, it's been shown to provide health benefits like reduced blood pressure and a stronger immune system. It's also been correlated with increased memory and awareness, reduced stress and anxiety, and increased goal setting. When I talk about morning prayer and meditation, for me, the first thing I do when I wake up is I pray. The second thing I do is I go on the YouVersion app and I read the verse of the day and I take time just to to spend uh, just thinking on what I just read. And and I would encourage you to do that. Make time in the morning, first thing, for prayer and meditation. It's a keystone habit. And finally, number seven, and there are others, but these are seven key ones. Plan your days. Sitting down for a few minutes and developing a detailed plan for your day, for the rest of your day or for the next day, can help you highlight and focus on the most important task. Now, this is something I do at night. I look back on the day and I reflect and see what I accomplished and what I need to move to the next day. But I also, the next morning, take a look and I identify what are my top three priorities for the day. And then I plan everything else around that and around the appointments that I have. See, if, if you don't plan your day, someone else will. Wendy and I were talking the other day, you know, life will life will plan your day. I mean, there's things that happen and sometimes we can't help it. Things just happen. But it's critical that we make it a priority and make it a keystone habit to plan our day because that will position us uh, to be able to do well in establishing other habits. Okay, so we see there we've got seven keystone habits. Uh, We want to start now and we want to start small. And so those are seven areas that we can start in uh, relatively easy. Number two is we want to make it visible. One of the greatest challenges in changing habits is maintaining awareness of what we are actually doing. If you want to change what you do, you got to change what you see. We tend to do what we see. We tend to ignore what we do not see. Well, how do we do that? Well, there's several ways. Let me just give you a couple that I, I gleaned uh, from the authors and, and from some other speakers and just from life. One is a habit scorecard. We like to keep score, so why don't we keep score with this? Make a list. Here, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do: make a list of your daily habits. Now, what you're going to have to do is have a piece of paper and a pen or somewhere to type it on, or your notes in your phone. And as you're walking through the day, you're going to have to put them in because habits are things that we do so regularly that we don't realize we're doing them. And so you're going to have to go through a couple days and jot down your habits, make a list of your daily habits. And two of the most common cues for habits are time and, and location or time and place. So people who make a specific plan for when and where they will perform a new habit are more likely to follow through. So you want to do your habit scorecard, what you're doing, and then you want to add habits that you want to do, which is called, and then you want to bring it into a process called habit stacking. BJ Fogg, uh, tiny habits program does it this way. After I do this current habit, he'll list a current habit I will do. And then he lists a new habit. So what he does, he associates a new desired habit with a habit that has been going ongoing. At, in other words, after I get out of bed, I will immediately put on my workout clothes. Let me know you're more apt to go work out first thing in the morning. If you have your clothes laid out where you can see them, right? Make them visible, make it easy to see, make it obvious. And then the first thing you do once you get up is you put on your workout clothes. Or if you're like me, I take a shower before I work out and one after I work out. I know you can give me grief for that. Everybody does. Or something like this. After I have a cup of coffee, I pray, I think, I meditate. The key is to tie your desired behavior into something you already do each day. Insert new behaviors in the middle of your current routines. The third way that we can do this and and really make it visible is change our environment. 45% of Coca-Cola sales are specifically from end of aisle racks. Now, how many of you have ever gone into a Dollar General or a Walmart or a gas station you get right up there to pay and right there in the in in that in that code is a is a cold coca-cola and you're like man i am thirsty that looks delicious that looks refreshing they usually have a picture on there makes it even look better see visual cues are the greatest catalyst of our behavior visual cues if we see something then we're more apt to do something and so change your environment you don't have to become a victim of your environment You can be the architect of it. James Clear says, I love that. You don't have to be the victim of your environment. You can be the architect of it. Like if you want to start reading, when you make your bed in the morning, put your book on the pillow or put it on the nightstand. If you want to start praying in the morning, put your shoes under your bed far enough where you have to get down on your knees. And while you're down there, you can pray. If you want to start working out, put your workout clothes where you can see them so you can put them on first thing or put your workout clothes in your workout bag where you can see it so you can take it with you and have it for your workout later that day. Again, you don't have to become a victim of your environment. You can also be the architect of it. Environment, uh, environmental design is powerful, not only because it influences how we engage with the world, but it also because we rarely do it. And here, here's the deal. Most people live in a world that others have created for them. Quit. Stop. Quit living in a world that other people have created for you and begin to create the life that you were created to live. Whatever change you want to make, give yourself a visual cue to do the habit. When you do this, you're creating a habit loop. Make your desired actions visible, obvious, and that'll be the difference between good intentions and great results. Number three, make it automatic. We live so much of our life on autopilot. With intentionality, we can build the right habits into our lives, which will increase our leadership, influence, and impact. Habits are easier to build when they fit into the flow of life. So how do we make them automatic? Well, habits are formed based on frequency, not time. The more you repeat an activity, the more the structure of your brain changes to become efficient at your activity. Neuroscientists call this long-term potentiation. You see the word potential in there, which refers to strengthening of connections between neurons in the brain based on recent patterns of activities. Neuropsychologist Donald Hebb in 1949 came up with what we call Hebb's law, neurons that fire together, wire together. And so here's the key. I mean, think of all the things that you do without even thinking about it. If you drive to work the same way every day, you get in your car, you do it, you don't think about it. You're there. You drive home. You go to the office. You do certain things. There's things that you do every day that you don't even think about because you've done it with such frequency that it's become such a habit. So, how do we develop a new habit? Well, we have to. We have to get. We have to frequently do it. Uh, practice, practice, practice. Uh, I love sports. I love coaching. I love playing. Let me tell you, practice is so important. See, what we need is repetition after repetition after repetition. And when we do that, it produces automaticity. Automaticity is the ability to perform a behavior without thinking about each step which which occurs when the non-conscious mind takes over. And so what happens is we just do it automatically. And we're more likely to perform habits when we can see an immediate reward. You know, just like this snack that causes Sophie to sit and shake because she knows the reward is coming. Uh, we need to take time to celebrate small wins. We also need to take time to reward along the journey. Often we have a goal, we get to the end of it, there's the reward. But what we need to do is, is we need to have some rewards that lead us through the journey that will help push us to develop this key habit in our life which will enable us to get the end result and accomplish what we want to do. There's a the cardinal rule. They call it what is immediately rewarded is repeated. What is immediately punished is avoided. What is immediately rewarded is repeated. What is immediately punished is avoided. Another way that we can make it automatic is hang around people who are doing what you want to do. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Show me your the, for friends and you will become the average of your five closest friends. You become who you hang around. And so if you want to become a person that works out and exercises, hang around people that do that. And all of a sudden you'll find yourself in the gym. If you want to find yourself disciplined in another area or growing, uh, becoming better at work, hang around people that are working hard, hang around people that are better than you, hang around people that are further along than you. And then all of a sudden what will happen is you'll begin to grow in those habits that will position you where they are and where you want to be. Let me ask you a question. What are the daily habits you most often default to? We ask you to make a list of habits. We want to review that list. I want to encourage you to do this by yourself or with your team. And who are you when no one else is watching? See, if we don't change our habits, we won't change our life. But the way we do it is we start now and we start small. And we establish keystone habits, which are key to successfully establishing other habits. So let me ask you a question. What is one habit that you want to establish for 2023? I want to encourage you to go over that or go over with your team. And then what you do is you make it visible. What can I do to make it more visible? You make it automatic. How can I work it into my daily routine? And then let me ask you this as well, because this is as critically as important, or in some cases, even more critically important. What is one habit that you want to eliminate for 2023? And what you want to do is you want to identify it, you want to make it invisible, and you want to make it difficult. You know, it's so easy to overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimate the value of making small improvements on a daily basis. You are what you repeatedly do. And I want to challenge you to establish keystone habits that will position you and empower you to establish other habits that will enable you to be the leader that you were created to be. As Craig Rochelle says, the potential of your leadership is a direct reflection of the quality of your habits. Thank you for joining me for the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. If this has been helpful, please share it with others. Uh, Please rate it. Please give us your feedback. Uh, We would love to hear from you because we're here to come alongside you and help you become the leader you were created to be. Thank you for listening to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. For more information or to download the leader guide for this episode, you can go to our website, larrycrawford.live. To get in touch with us, send us an email at leadership at